Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, it's the Doctor Who After Show. We're talking male pregnancy. What? Father-son dynamics. Oh my god, and alien butts. That butt was so cute, you guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Doctor Who After Show. I know you all were like, where is Zach? Zach will be back next week. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the Saranga Conundrum, Season 11, Episode 5. I'm Adrian Snow, and the rest of my panel... I'm not Zach, but I'm Christian Blatt sitting in, and very happy to be talking about this episode of Doctor Who. And I'm Zia Anderson here again. Very, Also very excited. More excited than you, Christian. Yes, I can tell. (laughs) I'm Dave. I'm Dave Child. <laughs> happy birthday, Zach. That's why he's not here. Yes, Probably. happy yeah. birthday, Zach. Happy birthday. Happy right. birthday, you know, miss. That's what happens when birthdays happen to you. Like, I'm yeah. not going to come to the show. I'll see you guys, see you guys next week. Um, so, first... Saranga Kanandra. Saranga. Thank you. It sounds so... It's singable. It's it very does. singable. Yeah. It yeah, that like that was nice... my favorite Bob Dylan song at Live from Budokan. Was the <laughs> cinematic... <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh this is the whole show right That's here, people. Amazing. All right, guys, Perfect. thank you so much. We'll <laughs> uh, see you next time. All right, okay, good. Uh, first thoughts. Oh, uh, I think that, uh, you know, look, it starts off and you start to feel like, okay, this is going to be another episode that feels like Alien, as in the movie Alien. But uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that the ship was populated with all these interesting characters that had each of them had their own interesting stories uh, and some levity. So uh, there were some things to laugh at, too. And uh, I just sort of liked the fact that the, the doctor really needed to get kind of acclimated to the situation. It wasn't one of those ones mm-hmm. where right away she's like, okay, I'm going to solve all this. She really was just as lost as everyone else. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was it was a fun space romp. That's what I'll say of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was. It was a really fun episode. I like that they had the moment where the doctor had to get used to having someone else be in charge, and she was definitely very taken aback and was not... Mm-hmm. Not interested in giving up control, so that was a fun little moment, um, even though it did make sense. What he said made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun. And the alien, can I just talk about how adorable he was? Ugh. I want one. <laughs> he was a terror, but he I would, want he one. Would, he would eat you. He would eat me. No, he would eat all of my appliances. Oh, yeah. that's true. You're right. You're right. He doesn't need you. Non-organic material is not yeah. his thing. <laughs> no. yep. Yeah. I loved it. This episode was great. I just like was having a lot of fun. I'm already at the point in the show where I'm like, oh, I'm just hanging with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know what these characters are. I know who these characters are. And there's a big enough ensemble now that it feels like other shows where you get to know characters and you just watch it so you can hang out with your mm-hmm. friends. I was getting a lot of that. There was a moment where I was like, Graham, you scamp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was just a very fun show. And it had like... 
I definitely had like escapism feels with this episode where I was in space having an adventure, cute alien that's also deadly. I like how the alien was basically a gremlin, but no one called it a gremlin. I love that. I love how they weren't like, this is a lot like these are the creatures that show up in World War II and all Mm, that stuff, mm. which I feel like past Doctor Who's Mm -hmm. have kind of usually tend to do. And this was, they just went with it. They had a gremlin. They didn't call it a gremlin. It's called a pating. Had a lot yeah. of fun. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I want to say what I think, go. and then we'll go yes. right into it. Uh, no, I think it's, um, I think Chris Chibnall's making a, a strong point, even though I still think he's messing with us, to create a whole new world with new aliens and to not give those old references to anything, to be like, well, hey, you know. We had our educational episode with Rosa Parks, so now we're in my world. We're going to do it my way. And I appreciate that. I really liked this episode. I thought that yeah. um, the the bottle hospital episodes aren't always the easiest to pull off, but they pulled it off really well here, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So what were you going to say, Zia? Oh, I was just going to say that the little creature also reminded me a lot of Stitch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very stitchy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I just enjoyed that because I just love stitch. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're from Hawaii, so you have to, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a part of your, yeah. It is. Um, uh, So we open with the doctor and her companions, partners, Mm -hmm. TARDIS team, whatever you want to call them this season. Team TARDIS. Team TARDIS. In a T-T's. junk planet, Cephalion 27, Cephalion 59, there was not, she wasn't sure which one. Um, and they're just scrapping for for junk. There's something they're looking for There's in particular. Not, but yeah, they're not, you don't quite get a clear idea what it is. From yeah. what I got, is they just, she held up a thing, was like, we're looking for more of these. Yeah, yeah. And, and but we don't know why. they've, this is like a few, they, but there are a few uh, adventures in at this point, because they've yeah. talked about other adventures and and they end up discovering a sonic mine, which yeah. I was like, do they just kill the entire... Did they kill everybody? <laughs> basically them? killed them and then and brought them back. back yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- yeah. I like that, too, because that's even a little bit of... It's still social commentary and such a fun... You know, running away from an alien mm-hmm. uh, in space is a little bit of social commentary in there because mines are still a problem in like a lot of countries mm-hmm. where they're constantly after wars come through, after any sort of fights, they're still there. That's why a lot of people are trying to make the use of mines uh a war crime in itself mm-hmm. because you can't clean up mines after a war is done or a battle is fought. So a lot of people stumble upon mines and end up getting disfigured or blown up. And it's it's a fun opening, but it's also kind of referencing something that is happening in war torn like countries. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's it's certainly odd because it is done as a prank. Like the document says, like somebody. Well, she's this. like, "What is this? Some sort of prank?" But yeah. I think it could also be like. It it could also be uh, some. She just doesn't consider it like a, a something of some war that happened. It could have been a mine that was thrown out. Yeah, and then or it's going this. to come back, and somebody really put it there. 
just for the doctor. Tim Shaw. So from there, we're, we go on to the Saranga. 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 Anytime we say it, you have to sing Dave's it. Dave's going to sing it. And that's where we fall upon our conundrum. But we meet, we're introduced to the entire crew of Saranga and the yeah. patients with Astos and Mabley, who are the crew. And there was an interesting moment with Astos at the beginning with the doctor, because the doctor comes in, and the doctor's always just like kind of like, okay, I have a plan. Okay, I need my TARDIS. Okay, this is like, mm-hmm. I am, no offense to the doctor, the center of the universe in this moment. Because mm-hmm. right. it is well, called Doctor Who. I mean, so yeah. technically, yeah, she's always the center of our universe. But... The, there was an interesting moment that I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen before, where somebody no. was like, no, you're actually jeopardizing other people by being so focused on your needs. I don't know. How did right. everyone else feel about that moment where you see the doctor kind of be, get her, get her ass handed to her? But, I, but handed I liked it. I, I feel like <laughs> yeah. it's nice to have a moment of um, weakness, even moral weakness in, in a main character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. It's she's hurt. She's worried about her TARDIS. She keeps losing her TARDIS, and I feel like wanting to go back to it makes sense. Yeah, and wanting for, trying to force her way to get sense and not really listening, and also the fact that she shouldn't also makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, it was a good damned if you, damned if you don't situation for her that like she's trying to barrel through and not listen to the people around her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It shows just how evolved she is at this point, you know, it, you know, this many regenerations in. You feel like previous doctors even in the reboot would, you know, not take so kindly to being told what to do and just it took her a moment, but really just a moment to realize like, all right. And then even when it's like I'm going to do after you do starboard and it was like, no, we're going to do it the other way. She's just like, all right, this is clearly someone who knows better. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do whatever mm-hmm. is going to you know, basically save the most lives. So it's refreshing to see, really, that it's not just like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want, and you can do whatever you want, but watch me go. So I thought it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also did notice, though, that – and this is just something that I've noticed because in previous seasons, the Doctor doesn't seem concerned with the TARDIS mm-hmm. as much. And I'm always like, you're just leaving – just for me personally, I'm always like, you're just leaving the TARDIS wherever. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was – and maybe you're right because she keeps losing it. This was the first that I've seen that I'm remembering that she was so concerned with the TARDIS and getting back to it. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because she just lost it and she's just getting it – or she just – sorry, she just was getting it back after mm-hmm. having lost it. Um, but I feel like the previous doctors have been very careless with the TARDIS. Yeah. She did also mention that the, her big concern was where it was. So if it's yes. at the Savage Yard and someone is able to get their hands on it, what right. would that mean? Yeah. Right. I, I basically parked my piece of junk in a junkyard. <laughs> yeah. So I should probably go back and get it. And my it. piece yeah. of junk yeah. is... is- Super it's an awesome it's, piece it's of junk. I basically parked my great. Ferrari in a junkyard. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, sorry, I gotta go grab that real it. quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also love in this episode they have what I always love to see in every Doctor Who episode: a sense of that they're doing other things outside of the show. Mm. Like the fact that they were like, "Oh, we just went." I forget exactly what he said, but to some, they had just shown Graham some. Yeah, there was something that Graham got to do. And yeah. Says, yeah, that was fun. But now I'm doing. But this. now I'm doing. Yeah, this. Pick up Constato. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just like it when it's like, oh, they've been on the TARDIS for a while. Yeah. Especially after a couple of episodes that were just like, the next day, the next day, and the next day. And it's nice to have like this, okay, maybe we're now like six months, maybe even whatever in the future. They're a little bit more lived Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I like when they kind of give the companions a little bit more of a swagger to the adventures, yeah. and they're not yeah. so like, oh my god. But how is this space? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're on a spaceship, and it's a hospital at the same time. Um, so in, in, in any case, we move on from that, and we discover that there's some type of thing spinning in space towards the saranga, and mm-hmm. it hits, and it impacts, and the doctor and... Uh, Astos. Yeah. Uh, go to check out what's going on. and But we get to see, which we haven't seen actually throughout the entire Peter Capaldi run, the stethoscope returns. If yeah. you want to talk about that. Yeah. We got our lovely David Tennant in the yeah. stethoscope. Ooh, face. Perfect picture. That I get a nice little fun <laughs> yes. face Sexiest picture. And then we have classic, because everyone's like, we don't talk enough about the classics. We got a Mr. Tom Baker. <laughs> There, there oh, it is. Uh, <laughs> so it was nice to see that. It was nice to bring that back because it is nice when the doctor is in a situation where they're like, are you a doctor? For the doctor to be like, yes, yeah. let me whip out my stethoscope and not use it for doctorly things. I also love, yeah, that she's using it like Tom Baker's using it in yep. that, where just putting it up against the wall yep. to listen to the, <laughs> to listen to the, to the actual ship or there something. There was a picture of David Tennant doing the same thing, and I was like, you know what? I like the goofy picture better. You gotta so go with the goofy, yeah, gotta go with the goofy yeah, picture. Yeah, sure. And from there, we're introduced to what we will later find out to be called the Pating. Pating! Pating! These sound Pating. like noises. I love all yeah. the noises. Yeah. They sound like noises. We've got a snicked. Yes. <laughs> I just want to take a quick moment and talk about that, uh, you know, Pating and that Pating butt. Oh, oh the Pating is so great. Yeah. I'm still haunted by that Pating butt. The Pating butt. I'm still dreaming yeah. of that Pating butt. Yeah, That's what I meant, it. Dave. <laughs> it's like a little alien corgi butt. Yeah, you know? watching it like shuffle on, it's like the running most, around, eating things. Yeah, <laughs> dangerous Cory. Why? Why would they bring the the Bating butt? Why would they create an alien who had such a defined butt? <laughs> right. I, I don't know. That was well. I it does it does answer the question of where's that alien's butt? I yeah, mean, you, you see a naked butt? alien. I feel like a naked alien needs to have a butt. Yeah, that's true. And also the wind. It, it, you mentioned this. Also, and I think I'm maybe leading do, to you something. You can do it right now. It, when it glowed, I I definitely it felt like it reminded me of the glow worms. Yeah, we can pull up the <laughs> glow worms. We can worm. put up that picture, but also like the best one I could find, you guys. It also is. I feel that's, like that's what the the stuffed animal merch for this yeah. episode is going to be. I, hope I really it is. want a pating that glows. Yes, yes. And yes. I will be able to touch it because it won't be toxic. It'll probably be made out of felt or. BBC. Some sort of something. Yeah. We're helping you out right now. Come well, on. Pating glow nightly. And if you glow look at pating. the glowworm, you can see that it's filled with energy inside. So it I is. think that the glowworm actually is a pating. It's just yeah. a different variation of the I species. I used to have a little nightlight one that was like a naked one. It looked more oh, like a pating. Yeah. And I had a little, uh, how have was a little the butt, butt on that one? Yeah. There's no, there's <laughs> see, no David, booty I both want to know the same yeah. thing. There's yeah. no booty on That's that what's one. important. Speaking of being filled with energy inside, I believe our network is... Filled with energy inside, and we've got something to tell you. <laughs> We're filled with lots of energy inside after buzzers, because and be, this is because our network produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more. You could more. <laughs> um, as many as you want. Yeah, seriously. Uh, there's one or more of our YouTube channels. <laughs> um, by subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that is tailor-made for you. 
and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. You can turn them off. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. For now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, for for reaching out via the Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube comments, rating, subscribing. Chatting with iTunes, us right now. I'm chatting. looking at the chat, so feel free to share your thoughts. And yeah. A lot of people are. I know. Um, we have one question that's like, uh, is our, is she going to have to make a new son- sonic screwdriver? But she doesn't. No, because yeah. it restored itself. That so. sounds like somebody yes. that only watched the first half of the episode. Yeah, continue <laughs> watching the episode. <laughs> you know what? There's a lot going on in that episode. I'm, I'm that's gonna true. Yeah, you yeah that's true. You you probably maybe you just like, we're like, oh, I, I don't know. It's fine. Uh, so moving on from there, we go into we get to meet some of the patients on the ship. So mm-hmm. we have Dirkus and Eve and Ronan, the drone slash android drone clone drone clone drone. There we go, clone, clone drone. drone. <laughs> like, and then we also have Yoss, who is a pregnant man. Uh, yeah. I love him. I hey, love this. Yeah. Hey, hey, I was excited to see that. Also adorable. Oh. So adorable. <laughs> and so, he's only pregnant for a week, so good for him, you know? It's like you just have to really go through the week. That and, is not too bad. That's not too bad, but that how is that not crippling to your body? Seriously. Oh, well, they didn't really explain <laughs> the so physics fastly. of it, but I guess they said that there's fastly like it's quickly. like a sack and it doesn't hurt when you cut it open. There's no pain receptors. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's what they so, said, so. so it makes it that which which is interesting. Is that because just for he the was, dudes? Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about it might be, that. It, Is it also well, for the female gift? It might be for the females, too. Yeah, I did like his explanation that, like, yeah, guys have boys and women have girls. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, how else like, would it work? like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and like when, when they said that that's not how it works on Earth, it's, he's just like, ugh. Which is yeah. so interesting because it really speaks to just basically how every life is or how every, you know, reality is. It's only weird, it's only weird if we don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever reality we're living in could be the most bizarre to someone else, but of course it's normal to us. And it's so interesting how it's like that in different cultures, too. Mm-hmm. It really speaks to that. You hear something from another culture, and you're like, well, that's super weird, but it's uh, just because you're not used to it. All right, we get it, Zia. You're from Hawaii, and it's different. We Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're. I wasn't going to go there, but you're not wrong, sir. <laughs> well, it's like with the, um, oh my gosh. Men give birth in Hawaii, is what you're saying. Like seahorses. Yes. Oh. There we go. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like the seahorse. Yeah. The seahorse will uh, change sex when it's time to. It also make, holds make it. Babies. It holds the it's eggs. It's asexual. Holds yeah, them, yeah. And it also mm-hmm. holds it. It has like yeah. a sack in its belly. Yeah. But I was also super not. curious how they. This was making me think. Literally, I was trying to figure out how this man got pregnant because mm-hmm. he spoke like somebody impregnated him. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he said was, he wasn't careful. Like, yeah, he said he wasn't careful yeah. on vacation. I don't so think like, they have the same type of genitals that? as us. They must have different genitals. And I want to know what they are. Okay. But that's well, not our business. About. That's for the DVD extra. That is not our business. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep from a biological standpoint. That both the male and female giftins have the liquids to produce mm-hmm. uh, pregnancy. That would make sense, yeah. And so like maybe, you know, or, you know, yeah. So, like, pretty much a, any um, sex can impregnate a, any a, sex. This situation. Yeah. What? Uh, this, uh, this, <laughs> uh, that's just for the viewers. That's just for people on YouTube. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're, you're, really if you're missing a podcast, you're missing up. It's just like two hands shaking, yeah. is what yeah. I'm saying. And that's how they make love. Two hands shaking. What? That's how you think their genitals look? Like yeah. Two hands, two hands shaking. shaking it up. 
Taking out the baby. I'm going to say nah. But you can't say nah. It's a fictional character that we don't know. That that different uh, alien species can have sex with each other. Uh Uh-huh. And Doctor Who. At least I assume. Well, Captain Jack Harkness made it sound like he could have sex with anybody. Yeah, you can still have sex with a hand even if you don't have another hand coming at you. I think we should probably move past that. (laughs) Trying to PG-13 genitals on Doctor Who. Or PG them. Uh, So... In any case. We have the question, bit much for a children's show, isn't it? Um, you no, know, it hasn't really been that much of a children's show. And yeah. I mean, it's like a PG-13 is, children's this, show. This season is a bit more of a children's show, but it also, just having a pregnant man doesn't, this is the questions adults come up with, is yeah. like, how do the genitals work? But when you're watching it as a kid, you're just going to be seeing like, oh, well, that's funny, daddy's pregnant instead of the mommy's pregnant. That's mm. all you're going right. to think. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine that's exactly what my son would say. He wouldn't mm-hmm. ask all these questions that, you know, right. he's like, well, explain the handshake to me yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but here no, we go. And Chibinal's kind of said that he's envisioned the show more of like, oh, the family watches together. Yeah. That's part of the reason it's on Sundays, yeah. you know, basically the same time in the UK. As it is here, so PG thirteen, uh, PG thirteen, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, but just going off of that, of the whole idea of of, of Yoss and, and becoming a father on his own, uh, let's just go a little bit into is it me, Ryan, and uh, yeah, and his dynamic with Yoss, talking about talking about it with Yaz and Graham about his relationship with his father. They're mm-hmm. doing get some new news about him. Yeah, they're doing a great job of building up character stuff in in smart ways. Mm-hmm. Like talking about Ryan's father is far more interesting than like. I'm just glad he's not like, oh, reminds me of how much I hate ladders. And then he starts talking about ladders or something. Do you know again. who has that? Dyspraxia? No, who? Uh, Daniel Radcliffe has dyspraxia. Oh, I didn't just realize that. Really? Fact that but how does he catch those snitches? <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry Potter does not have oh. dyspraxia. Oh, actor. That's how good of an actor he oh. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was a nice little, like, more backstory. It, it uh, The running theme of family throughout every single episode mm-hmm. of this season I love. I think that's super strong, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great like well you can keep kind of pulling water out of. It's it's mm-hmm. keep going back to it. One thing I was worried about, and they didn't do, was when Graham started talking about uh, maybe she's hiding this disease for a reason. Mm-hmm. The general, I thought she, he was going to start talking about his dead wife again, mm. and I thought that would be too much at this point. Mm-hmm. And they I, I had the exact same thought. I thought that's where he was going with that. Which who knows? Maybe that could be referencing something that uh, you know we yeah. will see. I, but uh, I definitely agree that they're giving us background information. You know, not all at once, just a little bit here and there where it would make sense. Oh, you're walking around a ship looking for something. You're going to talk about your own personal life. And I I do feel like we know these characters really well throughout the course of five episodes of this season. And uh, it didn't feel forced is the point. Yeah. Except for the ladder thing. That still annoys me. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm glad they're not bringing up a ladder. Bring up this like, who is this dad? Who is this mom? Who is... Who are all these characters that we need to know more about? Yeah, I also think it's really interesting and it's really cool the way that they're sort of changing his perspective with his experience as he goes along. Mm -hmm. Because he clearly didn't want to speak to his father at first. And now he's sort of understanding a little bit more where he's coming from maybe. Whether or not what he did was right, we don't know yet. Um, You know, him abandoning Ryan. But you definitely see him start to 
change his perspective and look at things from a different point of view. And I like the way that they that they're doing that. He's growing as he's going on these adventures, and that's really cool. Yeah, there's like a, that moment where he says that the parent also has to cope when uh, you know when their partner or mm-hmm. the other parent is lost, as well as just when he has that realization that Yas is the same age as Ryan and Ryan is the same age his father was when his father had him. And right. like, he doesn't mm-hmm. feel prepared at all to be a father, you know, so there's something about understanding your, your parents, not as just your parents, but as fellow humans, right. fellow adults that go through all the same things that you go through and probably did go through the same things you went through that's when a, they were your age. That's a mm-hmm. big stage of growing up. Yeah. That like in the twenties. Oh, you're, you're an adult just like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, About to open a door there. No, I, I think I realized uh, I realized my parents were human when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. these are people that I'm dealing with and they have like their own issues to deal right. with. And then I realized um, that I was coming upon equal footing in mm-hmm. my late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, our parents were probably, you know, much younger than anybody we know who has kids. You know, my parents yeah. were really in their early slash mid 20s. And, uh, you know, I, I have two kids now, but I'm 42. So I was 39 when I had my first kid. My dad was mm-hmm. 24. Mm-hmm. You know, Gosh, so, yeah. yes, I'm old. Thank, thanks, <laughs> no, I mean. No, no, I know. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's just so different to think like, oh, no, I was not ready at that point. And I think right. that's exactly what Ryan's thinking, you know, is just like I can't imagine my dad being faced with oh now i have a kid mm. but really i'm still also just a kid myself so yeah uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Sort of, yeah sort of a very deep character development that uh, i really thought was well done and yeah. speaking of that theme of like understanding family members it's uh there's a great would we also look at the ciceros yeah who are also dealing with Even this darkest. not quite understanding um, their siblings between each other and how they're always competitive in different fields. Yeah, there's that sibling mm-hmm. rivalry that uh, they kind of have to acknowledge. And th- there is, as we were talking about before, a big theme of, we're talking about themes, uh, there's no toxic masculinity this episode, you guys, for those <laughs> who didn't like that statement. But there is a big theme of family as well mm-hmm. that's been kind of tied throughout the season of just the, the doctor referencing siblings or introduction to Yaz's family, introduction to Graham's family and, and Ryan's family. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see all those different dynamics and it's nice to see uh, the sibling dynamic when it's not the friendliest and when one yeah. sibling has gone on to become more successful than the other in the family's eyes. Thoughts? Right. I like that. I just enjoyed the way that they did it so yeah. well by portraying that, but also still showing how much love was there mm-hmm. because they clearly still loved and cared for each other. Even throughout all of that, the goodbye was heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a really sad moment. Um, and it sort of made them, I feel like made them realize that through all of that nonsense, they're still family and they still love each other and mm-hmm. they mean a lot to each other. And I feel like that's something that you don't think about, especially because you don't think, I mean, hopefully you don't go around thinking about losing family members all the time. Um, but it's not something that you think about on a daily basis. And you realize how much those little, how much you would miss those little annoying things mm-hmm. if they were gone. And I think that it really made me think about that. It also may be like, it, it is something when siblings say I love you to one another. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I feel like it's very powerful because that is something that like, I I think it's hard for siblings to say to one another, depending on the siblings. Yeah. But I know, like with me and my brother, I feel like I I haven't I didn't say I love you to him until like 
somewhere in my late 20s, like where I was like, you know what? I should be able to say this to my brother. <laughs> yeah. And it's something that's that's there and it takes a while to get there. And so it's nice to see that like this is something I never tell you. And, and it's hard to not say it in the way of like, oh, you know, I love you, you know, which is like you're but saying that you do it. But it's also like, yeah, so I have this heartfelt moment where the realization like I need to tell you this right now because clearly I don't know when I'm going to get to do it again. I thought that was really well handled. Uh, I, I liked uh, the dynamic there, you know, and uh, basically sort of coming to the agreement. I liked watching them work together. I thought that was a, a nice family moment. Yeah, right. I when they said he's like something I've never said to you, which was I love you. I was like, Psh, people say that to their sip. Oh sh. <laughs> I got a call. When's so, the last time yeah. I said that to my brother? <laughs> right. So there, it was nice to kind of have that realization of, oh yeah, like, yeah. we don't really say that. I think I saw things. you have that thought process <laughs> yeah. when we were watching it because you were like, what? I, oh. Oh. <laughs> huh. I did. I'm a horrible sister. Whatever. Uh, by the uh, way, I just I just left uh, during your very sentimental sure, moment right? because someone in My the chat. My brother would have left during that too. So that's <laughs> in the chat, Easty74 said, do you think BBC will get sued for copyright over Nibbler? Or whatever it was called in the show. Nibbler oh, is the character in Futurama oh, who can eat everything gosh. and is about the same size as Pating. Oh. And he even has a little thing on his head. Yeah, yeah it oh, was very right. Nibbler-like. Except Nibbler can talk and has a whole different backstory going on. But True. like, huh. but that is it's a very Nibbler creature. Maybe, maybe, maybe well, not. Nibbler, it, Stitch, and the Niffler. And glowworm. And, and a glowworm. Like if we could get uh, Bender to deliver a season to cyst order to the doctor, I think that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. I would love that. Love the it. animated doctor. He'll walk on. They'll just think he's a. Uh... Uh, oh, I'm blanking on their names. It's it's a, Cyberman. Like, like Cyberman. A, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah. The, the overall theme of of family has been pushed throughout the episode, and I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But. There's also, it's still a space adventure. So we're still battling this non-organic matter eating pating. Pating! Pating! <laughs> on the saranga. Saranga! <laughs> the pating on the saranga! And after that, we have the rhesus wand, which is the home base for the saranga. Don't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also threatening to blow up the spaceship, because yeah. if there is a threat... On the spaceship that could be threatening to Rhesus One, they have to annihilate the whole ship. Which I was like, that's super dark. Like, but if it's space mm-hmm. station, that makes sense. Jeez, Louise. I, I yeah, it's it, like but, don't yeah. don't bring your space disease to our planet. We're going to blow you up if we sense anything's wrong. So uh, I thought it, it was a really interesting, you know, dynamic. Just the fact that oh yeah. Admitting we have this thing on board is going to get us blown up, mm-hmm. so yeah. we have to take care of it, but then also act like everything's all right. I thought that uh, that was uh, just sort of added this extra layer of pressure, which, uh, of course, the doctor can handle. Just uh, she needed a little extra time to figure it all out. I thought that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the end, we have the doctor dealing with getting the – oh, my gosh, there's so many things that happened. The doctor is trying to help Eve and Dirkus set up a flight to take over the spaceship. Yaz is with Ronan trying to keep the pating from <laughs> from the particle accelerator. Yes. You flash bands. Oh my gosh. Yay. I, okay, to be honest, the particle accelerator is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you can, it is at CERN. They do exist, but the particle accelerator for you Flash fans is something that the, the very thing that helped to create the Flash, mm-hmm. at least in the television show 
um, Berlantiverse. Berlantiverse. I, I thought it was as just well like as, the flux capacitor. I didn't even realize. It was I thought it was a flux capacitor at first, and I went to go look it up, and I was like, "Why is this not seeing particle?" <laughs> oh, I'm thinking the Flash. I th- this is maybe my only complaint about this episode mm-hmm. was her very long. Strange love speech about this <laughs> a- engine. Yeah. It's like all the of a sudden she, drive? yeah, she starts going on the, like ranting about this, like she rants about like the compassion of the past and getting over racism. It almost she sounded like she was ranting about the engine like that, which I was. I know there's there's viewers that are gonna love that moment, yeah. and and that's hard sci-fi and kind of diving into it yeah. and great. But I just thought like, don't we? Can we? Can we get off of this and can we move I on loved to the next it. thing? I'm a big old nerd for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it is nice to see that kind of advancement in technology. Because, I mean, if you the, the picture we had up, I don't know if we can bring it up again, of the particle accelerator from the Flash. That sucker and is huge. The, yeah. They're inside of it. That's Wells and uh, Cisco just chilling inside of that sucker. So right. it, it takes just so much more. And it's also the prison for all the metas. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Which are where work. their toilets swear. Don't get into that. They're yeah. just in the <laughs> Talk about that on the Afterbus after show for The Flash on yeah. Tuesdays. So, <laughs> but it, it, just to see the advancement in technology for that to be like the iPhone of antimatter drives mm-hmm. or particle accelerators is it's nice to see that even in the future we're still advancing in technology. Yeah, and, and it's good to have this kind of hard sci-fi love yeah. talk that's there. I but. liked the moment, but I do agree. It was a little long. Yeah. At, at one I point, I was it. like, okay. I mean, there's people okay. in the chat that love <laughs> yeah, that love that speak. speech. So, then, like, you know. There's also another opinion. undertone of... I don't know if Chris is doing this intentionally. I think he is, because he's savvy that way, of talking about dark times and finding yes. the light in the mm-hmm. darkness there's the a times. lot of that and she even yeah. says like what hope century is this yeah. And yeah she says hope and hope prevails and people prevail what is it it's light and dark times well people prevail yeah. hope prevails so there there is always this kind of like just a little undercurrent of like hey we're still talking about current times yeah it's gonna even be okay in the future it's gonna be okay I know I whisper a lot, you guys, but I hope you heard that. Um, so oh, getting those ASMR listeners right? really going. Um, <laughs> I, I will. That reminds me of one thing: is I think there is a little nod to the different sorts of masculinity that's out there. Let's in this go. Episode. Let's do it. Well, it's like because they talk. You, you're seeing a pregnant guy, and they're talking oh, yeah. about being a father and a nurturing father, and you see two guys being forced to be doulas yes. in this, in this moment. Up next. It was such a good moment, and it's and you see them being supportive and there, and this kind of nice fatherly son moment right at the end. It's It was really yeah. strong. Well, let's just real quick talk about, sorry guys, uh, masculinity. Don't apologize. It's, the, it's what this is it, about. It's, it's what they're talking about. Masculinity in terms of masculinity can be healthy. And that it's and to have strength in your masculinity and to to be masculine, there's nothing wrong with that. You see, but you see, like a doctor first off. As well. Yeah. Well, in this episode specifically, especially after like the previous episodes, yeah. you see the forms of masculinity in this one are fathers and uh, nurturers and like doctors and nurses, and you get all that sense in this one episode. It's yeah. a nice little balance off of that kind of heavy toxic masculinity talk we've had previously. Exactly, and it's, it shows that it, it's just nice to see that in terms of gender dynamics that everyone's in different points of, of 
of that dynamic of power yeah. in that situation where you have the general is a woman and then you have the doctor being the doctor and then you have uh, Astos as the nurse you also have Mabley as a nurse and so yeah. you, it, there's not it's not a question of like who can and cannot be a certain way it's like well no we're showing you that even in in masculine form you can have gentleness you can have softness you can have male doulas you know you can mm-hmm. have all those things in masculine yeah. form as well as feminine form it's not mm-hmm. one is not separate from the other because of our social construct and i think it's interesting to watch sort of ryan go from that moment when you know yas says you know touch the, the baby's kicking and he's like no i'm good yeah you know? and then he ends up actually helping him like no you can do this i just thought that you know that was the ryan we'd seen basically in the first mm-hmm. four plus episodes and then you see this growth where he's like no look we can do this and you know, even though he won't do the fist bump with Graham afterwards, it's a great <laughs> moment for them. That, as weird as it is, that they help this man deliver a baby together. And uh, I don't. Know, I just thought it was it was a surprisingly touching moment when yeah. you know it's introduced. You're like, oh, look at this silly pregnant guy. But then they, it actually be, it ends up being this really emotional moment that is, uh, you know, I think uh, very well handled. Yeah, 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 I agree. I really enjoyed the way they also had them. Kind of, they were clearly slightly uncomfortable with it at first because, of course, it's new to them. But they just sort of were like, "Oh, oh okay, we're doing this." Like, oh, you know, yeah. they just jumped right in and did it um, without really thinking about it, except for just sort of the weirdness of the situation because it's not something that they're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like the way that they, uh, yeah, they showed that. Graham admits he loves call the midwife. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> hey, except that he, he looks loves away. It. He looks away. The, at the, yeah, I thought yeah, that was funny, which is hilarious because I understand. When I mean, stuff like have that. you seen a baby? I, I also have to give them uh, credit for having yeah. the umbilical cord. That's yeah. my biggest complaint about uh, TV births is that right. it's like. No baby comes out looking like that with no umbilical cord. Yeah, usually I complain that the babies that are given born are like fully formed. They're like babies. four months old. <laughs> yeah. They're four months. Yeah, and that's the case again it. in this one. That was a big baby, but at the same time, it's an accelerated but process. So, true. as someone Very who's true. cut two umbilical cords for both of my children, wow. I did appreciate the fact that it was there. But I definitely agree with Graham. You have to look away sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a very interesting I- interpretation of uh, that moment. I thought. Oh, I wow. also really like. Sorry, it just this came mm-hmm. back to me. Um, where Ryan admitted he's like, I could never do that. Like just yeah. seeing someone be pregnant, he's just like, I can't even like fathom or imagine going through that. Um, yeah, you're I, growing a person, yeah, you guys. you're growing a human. Yeah. We grow people in our bodies, and then we so plop crazy. them out, and then they walk around the world, and they become adults. We make you. Never forget that. <laughs> it's us. <awesome. All> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's back I'm off kidding, a little I'm bit. But you do one thing that is also nice in this episode is you have Ryan being the doula, helping someone give birth, while Yaz, Yaz, is the one with uh with the gun, like yeah. shooting and and trying to protect the engine and kicking the alien across yeah. the room. Yeah. So she's being the muscle of the group, yeah. while like Ryan is being the heartfelt, like holding someone's hand. It's a nice little switch than yeah, we usually like see. I appreciate I appreciate so much of of what they're doing with the season of Doctor Who and just kind of questioning what we consider to be the norm in society. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always uh, I've always no I appreciate this season for but, that especially. Also, before we move off too far away from this, uh, Walker the Seventh in uh, the chat mm-hmm. brings up the point that in each episode of this era, there has been at least one educational moment, like the particle accelerators oh. in this one, where or the uh, mm. the antimatter drive. So it's. 
there is like it is like kind of has it's a running thing and that's a that's a classic classic who thing to do is to have some type of education into that okay i think it's the time for our special segment who's who on who and other things so uh this episode i want to focus on i always want to bring light to the director and that director is jennifer perot 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 girl i'm sorry perot i'm gonna go with that (laughs) uh she's directed Home and Away, Gentleman Jack, among many other things. And mm. she's also following in the theme that we've seen so far of female directors for this season of Doctor Who. Nice. So it's been really cool. Yeah, yeah. I also want to give credit to the production designer because I just, bubble episodes, you know. Yeah. Uh, you get one thing. We, we've come a long way from uh, season two Doctor, or Doctor Who with, with that bottle episode where it was kind of like a rundown hospital. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the class and cleanness of this episode. And that was done by Arwell Jones for production design for that. We have a picture of him as well. There we go. Uh, he's been to the Emmys, you guys. He's also in production <laughs> design for Sherlock, Torchwood, and Houdini Ooh, and Doyle. Cool. So he's you've seen him. Yeah, with that doing ascot. His thing, right? Of course, he did Houdini and Doyle. Nine those seductions are well. Yeah. And then lastly, in, in terms of uh, who's who, who, I wanted to just feature the woman who plays Eve Cicero, Suzanne Packer. She's a series regular on, or she was, I think this show's no longer on the air, and did in 2016 of Casualty, which is a. Doctor Show. I love oh, yeah. nice. She's also been featured on Bang and Vera. I thought she did an excellent job this episode. And then, of course, I always like to feature a little bit about uh, other similar episodes of Doctor Who. So we're going to start with Season 2, Episode 1, The New Earth, with Cassandra and Chip. Yes. Oh, just got to bring it back. Uh, yes. Moisturize me. Moisturize that. me. <laughs> That was also oh a classic bottle episode set in a hospital where we get to see the doctor face off with the hilarious face yet off. evil Cassandra. Oldest woman in the world. Oldest. Or universe. 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 Yeah. Human in the universe. In the world, yeah. in the universe. And then season three, episode one, Smith and Jones, where we have the introduction of Martha Jones. Right. This is so hard to find a picture for. So that's the BBC's. Uh, yeah. I love this copyright. BBC. That's BBC. So we get to introduce them on a hospital on the moon. Yes. Yeah, because it got taken. They get transported. They get transported. Yeah. And the doctor right. was flirting with Martha that whole episode, guys. I went back. I looked at it. <laughs> he was teasing her. Don't tease poor little Martha He's like just that. coming out of a relationship. Whatever. Yeah. It's a rebound. He's he doesn't know what to do. Sometimes you need the rebound. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's, uh, after Clara, you need Bill, all right? So sometimes that's <laughs> oh what you need. Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> What? I never viewed it like that. Free mm-hmm. uh, Agamon is also playing a doctor currently on New Amsterdam for people who right. like doctor shows. Yeah. So and she her does a pretty doctor, good job yeah. on that, and she is a doctor on there. So that's that's it for who's who on who. I think overall, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought yeah, that it was a they they just did a great job of of building the family dynamics and yeah. building the characters as well. Is there anything else we want to talk about before? Oh well, there's oh. actual news. Yes, uh, that uh, it's. Good slash bad news. Uh, the bad part of it, and this is according to the Daily Mirror over there in the UK, mm-hmm. that there will not be a Doctor Who Christmas episode this year. Boo. When you hear Moffat talk about the you know the lengths he went to to make sure that they continued to do Christmas episodes because they didn't want to lose that spot, Chip and I was like, yeah, we don't need a Christmas episode. <laughs> However, 
They are going to do a New Year's Day episode. Yay. And the only reason why I'm upset about that, i got to wait an extra week. Yeah. But his uh, Chip and All's explanation was, I felt like we really didn't have any more Christmas stories to tell, which... I think you could certainly do it, but you know what? I welcome the change. He could if, have branched out. Yeah, some don't force it. Do some I mean, Hanukkah. Tenant, Tenant did an Easter episode, you know, the one with the bus. True. He's mm-hmm. eating Easter candy in the beginning of it because it did air on Easter. So yeah. let's let's see what happens with a New Year's episode. Yeah. Okay. So that would be... Still sad, guys. Cool. Yeah. Still so sad. what are you going to do? You just have nothing to do on Christmas Day now. I know, because that's well, what I look like. That's my Christmas day. <laughs> I don't want to talk to my family. No. I want to spend time with my space family. I think it makes yeah. more yeah. sense. New Year's Day, you're kind of hungover. You're going to be sitting at home anyway. You might as well just watch Doctor Who and, right. you know, nurse that hangover. That's just like Christmas for me. That's Christmas hungover. for me as well, yes. I'm sitting at home eating candy <laughs> <laughs> and watching Christmas things. We are, by the way, in the chat, not to discount this, but I feel like I should should say this in the chat. We are getting in the chat. You got to take anything from the daily beer with a grain of salt. Fair enough. And I also, have... it says it's just a. Someone says it's just a rumor, and they don't want to believe it's true. Well, so. I've seen it. I've seen it a few places, but that's who reported it first. I've and you know what? If we end up well. with a Christmas episode, I would be happy to be wrong. What a little yeah. present in our stocking. Oh, Maybe wow. both. How about a Christmas episode and a New Year's? I'll episode? take both. It. I'll yeah. take both. I will take both. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into predictions. Yay! Now, after Buzz TV. Proud of myself. We've been kind of running long, not getting predictions. So I was like, we're going to get predictions in. Right. <laughs> uh, well, the big thing for the next week on, we see that they're going to uh, Pakistan. Yes. And I, I think this is a great way of doing... You know, when you do a time travel show, you always have to, like, meet someone's grandma, meet someone's ancestor of some mm-hmm. sort. But you never see it happen in Pakistan. And this mm. is a great way of incorporating that while going into a culture that usually isn't seen on TV that often. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited for next week. Yeah. Oh, because it's Yaz's grandma, by the way, yeah. that they're dealing with. I think it's grandma, right? Yes, that's what yeah. they say. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be really interesting. Did you – It was. they said it was 1947? I think so, yeah. 1947. Yeah, so I just am really curious how they're going to show that, and I'm really excited that we're going to get to see, yeah, something else, something besides it. Yeah, I just like the idea that you're going somewhere else, and it's not, you know, oh, we're going to some new made-up planet. You're going somewhere else on Earth that, Mm -hmm. like Dave said, you don't usually see. Mm -hmm. And my prediction is before the end of the season, Graham and Ryan are going to do the fist bump. I feel it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I hope so. Probably not. I hope so. But I feel it. (laughs) I am excited to see them go to Pakistan. It's something that you don't see very often. It's also nice that they're incorporating so many people of color on this on this season of Doctor Who. I appreciate it. And I also really predict that Yaz is going to accidentally uh, wipe herself out of history by accident. Ooh. And they have to. Even for a second. For a second. Oh, yes. I hope she like. She gets the whole fade so, away. Yes. Marty yeah. McFly, that, that hand. <laughs> or yeah. just the entire person for a split second. They get it back on track. I also wouldn't be surprised if we do go back to. I know this is what Zach would say if only he was here with us. But the time he's still child. alive, by the way. Let's just let's just <laughs> put that on record. He, yeah, he's oh, still it's alive. Not like every How time we Sam's mourn not there, you. Yeah. Sam died. If he's not in front of me, then he doesn't exist. Um, it's but the timeless child is something ah, that they brought mm-hmm. up before. I'm yes, back to that. and I think that has something to do with the doctor's family of some yeah. sort and this running theme. I think it would make sense to have an episode where they talk about. The doctor's actual family compared to the chosen family she currently has. Oh yeah, I think we're getting there, and that would yeah. be nice to see. 
All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of the Doctor Who After Show on oh, Octopus TV. Uh, Dave, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me at <laughs> Mr. Dave Child on the Twitters and the Instagrams and DaveChild.com because I'm Dave Child. And if you keep an eye on it this week, then there's going to be something fun I'm going to be posting this week. So keep an eye on it. Also, you can join me for the, if you like me in time-traveling sci-fi shows, Legends of Tomorrow is, I'm there tomorrow, being a legend of tomorrow, <laughs> uh, yes. talking about that show right here in AfterBuzz. And I'm Zia Anderson, and you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. It's X-I-A underscore land. And you can find me literally right after this at In 10 mere PM. minutes. In mere minutes with, uh, with Christian here for Marvel TV Weekly. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. Always fun to get to sit in here. Thanks for having me. And not only are Z and I doing Marvel TV Weekly right after this, but before this, we did the Daredevil After Show where we had actor Jay Ali, who plays Agent Nadim. So go ahead and check out the archive of that here at AfterBuzz. Yeah, he's got a sweet accent in real life. Sure does. He's dreamy. (laughs) We all swooned when he walked by. Anyways, uh, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. You can also catch me on Outlander, which is back. We're on Monday for two weeks, and then we're back on Sundays starting tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And potentially, maybe we'll see lore after show as well. All right, so that's it. We're done. I hope you enjoyed uh, this brief uh, me lead hosting thing in the bop. And we will <laughs> see you next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.